I am simply surprised, therefore, with the fortunate position of Maharaj Nanda, Madhya and the cowherd men and gopis, because you, the supreme personality of Godhead, the absolute truth, are existing here as their most intimate, lovable object. My dear Lord, no one can actually appreciate the good fortune of the residents of Vrindavan. We are all demigods, controlling deities of various senses of the living entities, and we are proud of enjoying such privileges. But actually, there is no comparison between our position and the position of these fortunate residents of Vrindavan, because they are all actually relishing your presence and enjoying your association by dint of their activities. We may be proud of being controllers of the senses, but here the residents of Vrindavan are so transcendental that they are not under our control. Actually, they are enjoying the senses through service to you. I shall therefore consider myself to be fortunate to be given a chance to take birth in this land of Vrindavan in any of my future lives. My dear Lord, I am therefore not interested in either material opulences or liberation. I am most humbly praying at your lotus feet for you to please give me any sort of birth within this Vrindavan forest, so that I may be able to be favored by the dust of the feet of some of the devotees of Vrindavan. If I am given the chance to grow, just as a humble grass in this land, that will be a glorious birth for me. But if I am not so fortunate to take birth within this forest of Vrindavan, I beg to be allowed to take birth outside the immediate area of Vrindavan, so that when the devotees go out, they will walk over me, Even that would be a great fortune for me. I am just aspiring for a birth in which I will be smeared by the dust of the devotee's feet. It is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita that the purpose of Vedic knowledge is to find Krishna. And it is said in the Brahma Samhita that it is very difficult to find Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, by systematic reading of the Vedic literature. But he is very easily available through the mercy of a pure devotee. The pure devotees of Vrindavan are fortunate because they can see Mukunda, Lord Krishna, all the time. The word Mukunda can be understood in two ways. Muk means liberation. Lord Krishna can give liberation and therefore transcendental bliss. The word also refers to his smiling face, which is just like the Kunda flower. Muka also means face. The kunda flower is very beautiful, and it appears to be smiling. Thus, the comparison is made. The difference between the pure devotees of Vrindavan and other devotees is that the residents of Vrindavan have no other desire but to be associated with Krishna. Krishna, being very kind to his devotees, fulfills their desire. Because they want Krishna's association, the Lord is always prepared to give it to them. The devotees of Vrindavan are also spontaneous lovers. They do not follow the regulative principles. They are not required to strictly follow regulative principles because they have already naturally developed in transcendental love for Krishna. Regulative principles are required for persons who have not achieved the position of transcendental love. Brahma is also a devotee of the Lord, but he is subject to follow the regulative principles. He prays to Krishna to give him the chance to take birth in Vrindavan so that he might be elevated to the platform of spontaneous love. 
Lord Brahma continued, My dear Lord, sometimes I am puzzled as to how your Lordship will be able to repay in gratitude the devotional service of these residents of Vrindavan. Although I know that you are the supreme source of all benediction, I am puzzled to know how you will be able to repay all the service that you are receiving from these residents of Vrindavan. I think of how you are so kind, so magnanimous, that even Potana, who came to cheat you by dressing herself as a very affectionate mother, was awarded liberation and the actual post of a mother. And other demons belonging to the same family, such as Agasura and Bakasura, were also favored with liberation. Under the circumstances, I am puzzled. These residents of Vrindavan have given you everything, their bodies, their minds, their love, their homes. Everything is being utilized for your purpose. So how will you be able to repay their debt? You have already given yourself to Putana. I surmise that you shall ever remain a debtor to the residents of Vrindavan, being unable to repay their loving service. My Lord, I can understand that the super-excellent service of the residents of Vrindavan is due to their spontaneously engaging all natural instincts in your service. It is said that attachment for material objects and home is due to illusion, which makes the living entity conditioned in the material world. But this is only the case for persons who are not in Krishna consciousness. In the case of the residents of Vrindavan, such obstructions as attachment to hearth and home are non-existent, because their attachment has been converted unto you, and their home has been converted into a temple, because you are always there. And because they have forgotten everything for your sake, there is no impediment. For a Krishna-conscious person, there is no such thing as impediments in hearth and home, nor is there illusion. I can also understand that your appearance as a small cowherd boy, a child of the cowherd men, is not at all a material activity. You are so much obliged by their affection that you are here to enthuse them with more loving service by your transcendental presence. In Vrindavan, there is no distinction between material and spiritual, because everything is dedicated to your loving service. My dear Lord, your Vrindavan pastimes are simply to enthuse your devotees. If someone takes your Vrindavan pastimes to be material, he will be misled. My dear Lord Krishna, Those who deride you, claiming that you have a material body like an ordinary man, are described in the Bhagavad Gita as demoniac and less intelligent. You are always transcendental. The non-devotees are cheated because they consider you to be a material creation. Actually, you have assumed this body, which resembles that of an ordinary cowherd boy, simply to increase the devotion and transcendental bliss of your devotees. My dear Lord, I have nothing to say about the people who advertise that they already have realized God, or that by their realization they have themselves become God. But as far as I am concerned, I admit frankly that for me it is not possible to realize you by my body, mind, or speech. What can I say about you, or how can I realize you by my senses? I cannot even think of you perfectly within my mind, which is the master of the senses. Your qualities, your activities, and your body cannot be conceived by a person within this material world. Only by your mercy 
can one understand, to some extent, what you are. My dear Lord, you are the supreme Lord of all creation, although I sometimes falsely think that I am the master of this universe. I may be master of this universe, but there are innumerable universes, and there are innumerable Brahmas also who preside over those universes. But actually, you are the master of them all. As the super-soul in everyone's heart, you know everything. Please, therefore, accept me as your surrendered servant. I hope that you will excuse me for disturbing you in your pastimes with your friends and calves. Now, if you will kindly allow me, I will immediately leave you so you can enjoy your friends and calves without my presence. My dear Lord, your very name suggests that you are all attractive. The attraction of the sun and the moon are due to you. By the attraction of the sun, you are beautifying the very existence of the Yadu dynasty. With the attraction of the moon, you are enhancing the potency of the land, the demigods, the brahmins, the cows, and the oceans. Because of your supreme attraction, demons like Kamsa and others are annihilated. Therefore, it is my deliberate conclusion that you are the only worshipful deity within creation. Accept my humble obeisances until the annihilation of this material world. As long as there is sunshine within this material world, kindly accept my humble obeisances. In this way, Brahma, the master of this universe, after offering humble and respectful obeisances unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead and circumambulating him three times, was ready to return to his abode known as Brahmaloka. By his gesture, the Supreme Personality of Godhead gave him permission to return.